Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. I hope that the book of Mark, as we walk through this this term, will be dramatic. And as we look at the, the Lion of Judah, as we look at the, at the Jesus and see how he can change our lives is, is going to be a fantastic time. So many good things happening around here at the moment and, and uh, this is such a special day as we already know with the Baptism Sunday but I think launching out a new series that's focusing specifically on Jesus um, this term is really exciting and as we look at our new life that we have in Christ and how he has changed us and what he would like to do in our lives leading up to Easter this, at the end of this term. And so um, I want to give you a little bit of an overview of what we're going to do as we get deeper in a deeper understanding, deeper knowledge and deeper relationship with Jesus Christ this term. And so let's have a quick look at some of the topics that we're going to cover leading up to Easter. Um, We're going to have a Passover dinner uh, in the week before Easter. That's going to be exciting. Whoever has been to a Passover dinner before? Anybody? A few people? This is going to be a wonderful experience for you if you've never been part of a Passover dinner. I um, don't get too excited about the food, but uh, what you're going to learn, although the lamb is pretty good, um, what you're going to learn and how that's going to bring Easter alive for you is just a really special thing that we're going to do together internally for our church family and then into our Good Friday service and then, of course, our Resurrection Sunday service, which is this year we want going to be a great outreach event, a wonderful time of you know, opportunity for you to bring your friends, bring your family members to hear the saving message of Jesus Christ. And I want you to start praying now about how we can, as a church, be reaching out and preaching the gospel of grace and, and bringing people into a very powerful experience, people that you're reaching into in their hearts and in their lives, and, and that God is connected into your sphere of influence. And so let's really aim towards Easter as a really special time, particularly Easter Sunday. But as we look at the book of Mark, you're going to see these kind of topics over the coming weeks. Going to, today I'm going to look at the baptism of Jesus. It happens to be the very first chapter of Mark. So we're opening up on baptism, and what better day than Baptism Sunday, amen? And so that kind of lined up beautifully. Um, next week we're looking at the calling of Jesus and how Jesus called the disciples and how he's calling you. He has a calling on your life. Then we're going to look at the authority of Jesus. We're going to look at the parables of Jesus. I think on that Sunday, I've asked Jesse. I'm not sure if he has answered me yet, but I'm hoping Jesse can preach that day. We're going to do a kids' takeover service. The kids will help lead us in that service and and have Jesse preach on that one. We're going to look at the miracles of Jesus. We're going to look at the way of Jesus and how Jesus look at the true religion or the true having true faith versus a false religion or false doctrines. It's going to be a, a wonderful thing. And then we're going to look at the cross of Jesus. And I believe Rick asked Rick to preach one of these Sundays as well and Palm Sunday and, and Jesus coming into Jerusalem and then into our, that week, that Easter week. It's going to be a really special, special term for us as we focus on Jesus. Does that sound good or does that sound great? Yeah, it's going to be special. And then just so you know, in a little bit of a um, lead up to that, after Easter into term two, we're going to go into the book of Acts and then so see how the early church was after Jesus and being spirit-filled and what that looked like. Um, and so we're going to pull apart the book of Acts for term cha- uh, second term this year. So it's a very exciting time. just wanted to give you a little update on that before we launch into chapter one. And it's going to be a wonderful couple of months together. Let's begin with Mark chapter 1 and looking at the baptism of Jesus. 
This is the good news. I love that he starts with these words. This is the good news. The good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I'm sending a messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and he preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isn't that what we heard this morning? People who've turned to God to be forgiven of their sins. And that's all the way back thousands of years ago. It's the same message being preached today as what was being preached back then. Jesus and baptism is all about that. It's an outward sign of what God has done inwardly. That, that it says that they would show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, they went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. So there we go again. This afternoon when we're at the beach together and just before we go into the water, I'm going to ask those six people, so do you confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Saviour? Have you received Jesus Christ into your heart for the forgiveness of your sins and repented and turned toward him as your Lord and Savior? I'm going to ask questions like that. And these people, before they're baptized, are going to say, yes, I have. Will you follow Jesus for the rest of your life as your Lord and Savior and, and aim to live a life that's honoring to him and empowered by his Holy Spirit? Will you aim to do these things? And they'll say, yes, I will. They're confessing their faith that they've turned from their sins and been forgiven and now living for Jesus. And then I can baptize them. Does that make sense? So being baptized doesn't save you. Being baptized shows that you're saved. Two different things. Two different things. And so, and when they confessed their sins, he baptized them. That's the order of things. In verse 6, it says his clothes were woven. I don't know, we don't need to know this, but it's what, his clothes were woven with, from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist and for food he ate locusts and wild honey. That's John the Baptist. And John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's something very special can happen, and we know that this can happen when people are saved. It can happen when people are baptized. It could happen at any point in that moment of absolute consecration where they give of the self completely 100%. They can be filled with the Holy Spirit. But when you're saved, the Holy Spirit, he gives, he gives you the gift of himself. He gives you his presence. You receive the Holy Spirit. You are baptized in his spirit. And God doesn't give half of himself to you. He always gives all of himself to you. The question is, when do you give all of yourself to him? Does that make sense? There's this always, God is always giving of himself. He doesn't give you half of his spirit or something like that. You are baptized in his spirit when you're saved. You, are, you receive his spirit. You're not being baptized in water. There's no power in the water. The power comes in the Holy Spirit who has touched you and filled you and given himself to you. And then it says that the Spirit is how we, how we live now. It's like we live in the Spirit. We live in, in with love and joy and peace. All the fruits of the Spirit start coming through our life as we are filled with his Spirit. It's being baptized in his Spirit. It happens for Christians. 
That's the beauty of when you give yourself to him, he can take out residence in you. And many times we give our son, they give a little bit to God and we're holding on to things. We have these maybe little dark rooms in our life. We haven't opened that closet door yet and let the spirit in to fill that room. And that's called consecrating myself. It's called, called surrendering to him. And that's when God comes in and we talk about the, the, the doctrine of sanctification. That means the spirit is coming in and sanctifying us. He's making us holy because he is holy. And this is the, the journey of a Christian is walking in, becoming closer and closer to God in our walk with him. I baptize with water. He's saying, I, it's all I've got is the water. But he's saying when Jesus comes, he says he will baptize you with his spirit. It's a powerful transformation that will happen in your life because of the spirit of God. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? And that's what Jesus did. And so we go on and in the next verse it says, One day, one day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. We'll talk about that in a moment. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Well, today is our first baptism service for 2023, and I hope, as you've sensed the joy of today, that we could have more services like this throughout this year and celebrate more baptisms, Um, because it's exciting, isn't it? So as we begin this walk through Mark, and we're looking at Jesus' baptism here, I want us to realize that this story was recorded in all four Gospels. All four Gospels note Jesus' baptism. So it's interesting that they saw it was that important that it needed to be included. And we, as we look at it, it's really the inauguration of Jesus' ministry. It's the start of his three-year ministry to the community, to the disciples, to raising up and beginning the church, as we'll, we'll see. And it really began that three-year sequence of events that would lead to his crucifixion three years after his baptism. And that makes it really powerful to think about it. It's an unusual story because depending on what you think about baptism, you think, well, why did Jesus really have to be baptized? What was that all about? And there's also generally some little bit of confusion out there in the community or when I've talked to people who I've asked them, are you a believer in Christ or are you a Christ follower? And they might say, oh, yes, I was baptized when I was a baby. And you think, well, actually, no. And as I mentioned before, that doesn't make you a believer in Christ because you were baptized as a child or baptized as a baby. That's a misunderstanding on what baptism really is all about, isn't it? And so when you hear that, I want you to, when you hear others talk about it that way, and I hear it regularly when I've talked about baptism, people, people think that they're all got it all, they're okay because they were baptized. That's called works righteousness. It's called works salvation. You can't be, you can't be saved by the things you do. You can only be saved by what God has done. And what Jesus has done has saved you. And then because we got saved, then we can show that we were saved. We can be baptized to represent that symbolic way of what he's done for us. So I want you to think about that when people say, oh, yes, I was baptized as a child. You need to say, no, that's not what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus. It's great that you were saved as uh, baptized as a child or as a baby, or so, but you didn't even understand what that even meant for you. It wasn't a personal faith decision. You need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ based on what he's done for you on the cross when he was crucified and the blood of Jesus was shed to forgive us of our sins. And so that's what Jesus did. And we need to just be reminded of that um, 
Uh, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. This was John's words. He was saying, prepare the way for the Messiah. His message was simple and straightforward. And he was basically saying, repent and be baptized. The Jewish people back then, they were looking for a deliverer. They were looking for a deliverer to make things right again. And um, because God had always provided a deliverer in the past, you know, people like Moses or people like David, and, and they were anticipating the next great deliverer. And John, as a preparer of the way, as we've just saw there, as Isaiah prophesied, says that what needed to be said, he said, repent because the kingdom of God is near. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? The people had to turn their hearts back to God in order to experience that deliverance. That's what he was saying. And John, when he was baptized, Jesus, when he baptized Jesus, he was teaching the people here, and this is why Jesus had to be baptized. He was teaching the people three things. He was teaching them humility. Jesus' baptism was teaching them about commitment. And Jesus' baptism was teaching them about identification. That's what, it was, that's what was modeled through his baptism. Humility, commitment, and identification. Jesus' baptism was a baptism of humility. In Matthew's account of the baptism, it says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. John was like, you don't need to be baptized, Jesus. You're the Son of God. Why do you need to be baptized? I don't want to do your baptism. You're the Holy Son of God. What's going on here? Just like, I'm like, well, why does Jesus need to be baptized? He's the Son of He's God, right? Why should he be? Because it was a sign of humility. Have a look at this. Jesus answered him and said, John tried to talk him out of it. He said, I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. He said, so why are you coming to me? And Jesus said, it should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. So it was an act of obedience and humility. Um, so John agreed to baptize him. So amidst the protest of John and this baptism of Jesus, Jesus explains that he has to come to this baptism. Jesus is telling him, just allow it for now because this is how all of righteousness is going to be worked out. Just trust me and do this. And John agreed to do it and Jesus humbles himself in front of all the people to be baptized and to do what God says. His baptism was a baptism of obedience to God. Jesus does this because God requires it. He lived a life of complete obedience to God. And that's why I'd say to, that's actually the only thing, that, one thing we could say about Jesus, but I can't say about myself. I can't say I've lived a life of complete obedience to God. Can you say that? None of us can say that. Only Jesus has is the ability to say that. And yet here he is humbling himself being baptized. Baptism was an act of humility for him. And as he was obedient to his father's command, it began with this coming to earth as a helpless infant baby. Just in humility, he came. It continued with his baptism in humility. It continued with his life as leading up to his crucifixion, which was again a humbling process. The son of God was a humble God. One of the most powerful expressions of this we see in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. It says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And he died a criminal's death on a cross. That's our saviour, church. That's our Jesus. What an example of humility. 
Have you ever been in a position where you'd had to do something, you think, oh, I'm, that's a bit beneath me? No, nothing was beneath Jesus. He went all the way to the bottom, all the way to the cross, and died a criminal's death. He was humble, and his baptism was the inauguration of that ministry, and it represented humility. This was also a baptism of commitment. This launched Jesus' ministry that would eventually lead to the cross. He was committed to the call that God put on his life all the way to the end. He knew where this thing was going. He knew where it was headed. How would you feel that, knowing that? For three and a half years, Jesus knew it would end with his crucifixion. This baptism began that process. It was the commitment to God's plan and to God's purpose for you and for I to come back into right relationship with him because there had to be another way and Jesus is that way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. We heard Mia share different, different things that she was involved in over her years and her testimony. None of those things they were a delusion, she said. None of those things led, led to salvation. None of those things led to relationship with God. Why is that? Because Jesus said, I am the way. You know, a lot of people say, well, Christianity is very exclusive. Well, it is in that sense. But Jesus is also very inclusive because Jesus said, it's my, God said, it's my will that none would perish, that none would perish. He wants to include everyone in, but there's also a way, there's a pathway for that. So come and get on that pathway, he says. Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth and the life. And no one can get to that Father except through me. Jesus provided that way when he was crucified on a cross. It was a commitment. And Jesus' baptism was the start of that commitment. And then thirdly, Jesus was baptized to identify with us. He affirmed John's ministry of calling the people to repentance of their sins. He's saying, yes, yes, John, that's what it's about. It's about believing and being baptized. I'm identifying with you here. I'm showing you the way. Jesus is saying, I'm showing you what to do. Be the example. Be the sim- show the world that you are saved. Show the world Christ. And, and baptism is one of those ways we can do that. It's identifying those of us with, Jesus was identifying with those of us who had repented, those of us who had turned away from our sins and turned towards Christ. Humility, commitment, and identification. That's really what baptism was about, or the baptism of Jesus was about, and that's what it really means to us here today too. Let me say this, Christianity has everything to do with humility, It has everything to do with commitment. And Christianity has everything to do with identification. Displaying the humility of Christ. Having a resolute commitment to Christ. And identifying completely with Christ. Baptism is all of these things. It's humility, commitment, identification. And Jesus' baptism was all about that. Humility, commitment, and identification. And the baptisms that we perform today at Bribey Island are all about humility, 
commitment, and identification. Can we say those three words together? Humility, commitment, identification. And for Jesus, it was this humble act of obedience to God, his Father. And it's also an act of obedience for each one of us to believe and be baptized. When you're baptized, people see you. It's humbling. When you're baptized, there's an expectation on your life that goes up all of a sudden. I need to live what I preach. I need to live what I've just said, what I've just shown. There's an integrity that needs to be shown in my life. Because I've now identified with Christ publicly. There's an expectation on my life that has risen. My commitment has just got deeper. And I'll invite the band to come and we'll, we'll finish with this. I want to finish with a special reminder of what happened next to Jesus. Do you remember what happened when Jesus came up out of the water? Let's just finish with this verse. In verse 10 was an affirmation. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said these words. Read it with me. You are my dearly loved son. And you bring me great joy. He was affirmed. Jesus was affirmed. God affirmed him. His presence of his spirit came and dwelled within him, came upon him powerfully. And he affirmed his dearly loved son. Humble obedience. Resolute commitment. Identifying with Christ is always going to lead to God's presence coming on your life. Always going to lead to more of His presence of the Spirit on your life. And as that presence of His Spirit is on your life, He is affirming you. He's saying, well done. He's saying, you are my dearly loved son. You are my dearly loved daughter. And you bring me great joy. That's the affirmation of God. That's what will happen when we pray today. Can we all stand together? Let's just make this commitment together. Lord, make us more humble like Jesus. He set a great example for us in that way. Show us how to be humble. Lord, build the commitment that we have for you. We're all different places in our spiritual walk. Some here in the room know you in a personal way. Some here in the room on that journey, some are like saying, okay, I'm ready. I want to take that next step. What does commitment look like for you? And finally, identification. Who am I identifying with? Am I identifying with other ways, other pathways, other things? Or am I identifying with Jesus and the path that He says He wants to set a straight path for us that leads straight to the Father? through Jesus. As we all have our heads bowed in prayer and I'd just love to challenge us on a day like today. There's people in the room I know, I'm sure, because we're all at different points of commitment with God, that you've been challenged today. You've been challenged in your heart to say, 
I need Jesus. I need a relationship with God in that way. I'm going to take that next step and come to know you in a personal way today, Lord. I've heard those testimonies. I've heard that Word of God preached. And I know it's true. I know it's true. And I hear it and it's just stirring me up inside. And I know I've got to take that next step now and say, Jesus, come in, forgive me of my sins. I'm going to turn back to you, Lord. I confess you as my Saviour. I want to humble myself before you, Lord. I want to make a commitment to you today, Lord. And I want to identify with you as my Lord. That's what I want to do. And so while every head is bowed in prayer, and there's no one looking around because this is a private moment and it's not to embarrass people. This is a commitment between you and God. And I'm going to look around because I care about you. That's all. And I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you're going to say, Jesus, I want to invite you into my heart today. I want to renew my relationship with you or I want to begin a relationship with you. I want to get that humble commitment and obedience with you today and identify with you as my Lord and Saviour. Is there anyone here? Just quickly raise your hand and let me look around and pray for you today. Thank you. I can see some hands up already and I appreciate that. Thank you. God is touching your hearts today and I appreciate that. Thank you for doing that. You're humbling your heart just by raising your hand. Thank you, God. Bless you for doing that. Bless you for doing that. You can put your hand down. If you did raise your hand, I'd love to see you after the service and because I just want to say a little prayer with you. Is that okay? So maybe after we're done here in just a minute, just come down the front and see me and I'll give you a hug and have a prayer with you. Love to help you take that next step with Jesus. Lord, bless us. Bless us all on this great day. Help us keep building our life on you, Lord. Keep building our life on you. Thank you for the book of Mark. It's going to be a great term together as we get closer and closer to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's just continue to worship now. Please, if you did raise your hand, make sure you see me before you go, okay? I'd love to say good day to you. Let's sing.